Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Hey, Steve Stein here. Thank you, and welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to prepare for your band, for a show, even for a tour, thinking about some things that any other musical situations you might find yourself in as well. But it's not just a matter of learning the music. Obviously, that's the single most important thing, is making sure that, for me, it's always been about showing up almost over-prepared. You know, making sure that if you join a band, you're not the weak link, if you will. Let's start there. So the most important thing is if you are relied upon for a band, they want to hire you or whatever the case may be, you want to make sure that you give them the best and the most professional that you have. For me, I show up early and I'm always as prepared as I can be. It doesn't mean that I'm always perfect on everything, but I want to make sure that when I show up, people aren't waiting on me, right? So when it comes to learning material, I learn it as good as I can. And you always have to remember that everything comes down to time limits or deadlines. Just as an example, and then I'll come back to this. Let's say you get hired by a band to play, and today is Tuesday, and you're going to play with them on Saturday. So you have five days to get ready, and you're going to learn their set list whether it's cover tunes, original tunes, whatever it might be. That means that you have a deadline to get X amount of material done. So let's be honest. I mean, you might be able to nail every single thing that you are trying to learn, or you're going to have to figure out, readjust some things to make it work. I mean, let's say, for example, you're in a cover band and you've got 50 songs, which is not unreasonable at all to learn for a show, whatever, 40 songs, whatever, whatever it is that you think that you'd need to do. And so 70% of it, 80% of it is perfectly fine, but there's a few songs in there that are challenging for you, or there's a few solos in there that they're just not going to be dialed in perfectly by Saturday. So what do you do, right? I mean, you have a couple of choices. Either you don't do the gig, you cancel, say you can't do it, or you do the best you can. You might need to readjust some of those parts, some of those solos, whatever, to accommodate the situation. Let's take solos, for example. You have the option of learning them note for note as best you can. You have the option of learning the most important parts of that solo and then adding your element in between those as best you can. Or you might improvise a solo as opposed to learning that solo because of one of two reasons, really, time limit or ability. Now, again, that's not a negative thing. That's an honest thing. If you've been put in a situation where you have to learn something, but whatever it is that you're trying to do is just technically too much, stylistically very different for you, you've got to be real about these things. And so that happens. Learning songs, the most important thing is you learn structure. You learn how the song goes. You memorize the song. You memorize the parts of the song, how it flows together from intro to a verse, whatever it might be. And then you learn intros and outros, which we'll get to in a little bit as well. 
which has more to do with rehearsal of the band. But then you've got to have flexibility. If you're learning the material and all of a sudden you get together with this band and they play a part a little different, or they play the chorus a little different, or there's a, an extended section somewhere, you can't stop your band and go, hey, that isn't how the song goes. You know, especially if they've been playing together and you're the new person coming in, you have to be flexible. You have to be able to adjust to whatever it is that they have going. So learning the songs, but having flexibility, either because it's mandatory from a technical perspective, a time limit perspective, whatever it might be, and then having that flexibility, because when you get together with these other performers, you're hired for a, a show or a tour or something like that, these things happen. And you have to be ready and prepared. So then there's the personality aspect of this. When you're working with other people, it's very important that you have the proper personality for the situation. You can't come into a situation with an ego and, you know, that whole thing that follows that. You're not going to get a lot of gigs. It doesn't matter whether you're good or not. You have to be compatible with people and try and synchronize with these other people's personalities as best you can. I've always been blessed with virtually just about every band I've played in. We've ultimately become friends in the process of playing together. And even when the band dissolves, these are people that I still talk to all the time or get together when I'm in town, wherever it is that I was playing with these people or in another country with players that I've played with. That's important to me to make those connections because it makes it more fun for me when I'm playing. So it isn't just a professional level for me. If that's all it was and I played with people that I couldn't stand and they couldn't stand me, I honestly probably wouldn't be playing with anybody because that's not the way I see it. That doesn't mean I haven't been in bands before where our personalities haven't been completely compatible. Of course that happens, but you find a way. So being professional, showing up early, being very prepared. For me, rehearsals, when you get together with rehearsals, rehearsals are time to become cohesive together. Rehearsals are not the time to be learning the songs. You can't show up to rehearsal and then start trying to figure out how the song goes, or your bass player shows up and doesn't know any of the material, and now the bass player is spending the entire time trying to figure out how the songs go. That is a waste of time. And for bands that I've led, which is a lot of the bands that I've been in, I wouldn't stand for that. The point of the rehearsal, if we're showing up on Thursday at 8 p.m., after everybody's had a long day of work and everything like that, we're showing up to practice together to take the songs that we've already worked on, we've already learned, and now we learn how to put the structures and the grooves and the tempo and the sections of the song, whatever. And then again, any flexible elements that might happen, that's what's happening at rehearsal. So just be as prepared as you possibly can be. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far and you're getting motivated to take your guitar playing to the next level. Please do me a favor and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It'll help the show grow and reach more rock stars like you who want to improve their guitar playing. Also, I'd love to know what parts of the episode you liked as well as what you learned. So please share this podcast and tag us at guitarzoom.com on your social post. And now let's get back to the podcast. And then we move on to the songs themselves. Let's say, again, you get hired by a band to play with them in whatever capacity. 
and you've learned the songs. You were at home learning them, and then you get together, and again, structurally, things are going to be different. What's going to be different the most? The beginning and the end. Because the beginning, somebody needs to start. Somebody needs to lead that thing in. It might be the count, a hi-hat, or the click of drumsticks from the drummer. It might start with a bass line, or it might start from you, or it might start with a vocal cue or something. Who knows? But just because you learned it on the album a certain way doesn't mean that's going to happen in your rehearsal. So learning the intros to things are very important. A lot of times when you play in a rock band, there might be a commonality where the drummer might click off four counts or maybe four tends to be too much. So your drummer's gotten used to always clicking off with two counts, you know, just ta, ta, and then you go. Whatever it might be, you want to get used to that. That doesn't mean every song is going to start like that, but if there's just common songs, that might be the way that they start, and you want to get used to that. And the other really, really, really big thing is the way you end songs. Sometimes you end the song on a downbeat, a punch of some sort. Sometimes you do what often is referred to as a wash or a scrub, where you end a song and everybody's, and you're kind of playing, and then the drummer will go, bam, 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 and then you're done. Getting used to those sorts of things are very important, and you want to take notes. Like for me, when I'm at a rehearsal, I might take some notes in my phone or have a piece of paper where I'm writing some of these things down as we dial those in. Now, if we're a brand new band and nobody's played together before, as far as this band is concerned, these are things that you'd be working out and you'd plan out because you want these elements to be as tight as possible. Now, not every band does that. You might keep everything really, really loose. The problem is, is the more loose it is, not always, but that sometimes can equate to a lack of professionalism. For me, if I'm playing in a band and I come out on stage and there's a large audience sitting there or, or standing there waiting for you to come out, you want to bring that energy. You want to bring that professionalism and that tightness to the show because people can feel that and, and certainly people can hear that. Now, again, it depends on the style of music. It depends on the band. It depends on the situation. But you don't want to be the weak link when it comes to that sort of thing. So then we move on to uh, preparation for the band, for shows, for traveling. Maybe we'll get to touring in just a second. But you want to make sure that you've got your gear organized. So you want to make sure maybe you're bringing a bag along where you've got extra strings, string changing stuff. Uh, batteries, flashlight, extra guitar straps, maybe a backup little rehearsal amp. Nowadays, we have all these digital things. You might be running a normal tube amp, but you have this digital practice amp that you bring on the road or whatever it might be just as a backup in case something happens. Bringing a backup guitar is nice if you have that availability in case you break a string on stage or if you use a floating tremolo like I do, you break a string on stage, that guitar becomes essentially completely unusable. So it's always nice to have an extra guitar available in that guitar stand that you've got that you can just grab and keep going. Extra guitar cables, obviously, those are important. There's all sorts of different things to think about. Extra guitar picks, those are all things that I have. I keep some sort of towel or rag in my stuff in case it's really hot out and very humid and my guitar neck is sweaty. It from the humidity, I'll constantly be wiping it off and then tuning. Of course, always having a couple of extra guitar tuners. I use those little Diodario ones that just snap onto the headstock. 
those are really nice to have. And it's always nice to have a couple of extras and, of course, batteries for that. And all this fits into a little fender bag that I carry, and I just have all that in there. I have a ground lift that I keep in there. I have a power strip. I have a couple of extension cables, uh, power cables. So I have one for my amp, those computer-style cables. I have a couple of those that I have, and then I have just extension power cables, a 20-foot extension cable, whatever. I have a couple of those that I keep in there as well. That way I kind of have everything that I need, and I also have a couple things just in case somebody else shows up and goes, oh crap, I forgot a guitar strap. I use these Diodario ones that have a universal end on them, so it doesn't matter whether it has strap locks or a traditional guitar strap connector. I use those universal ones that way. It doesn't matter what anybody has. Those universal connectors on those Diodario guitar straps will you will work for anything. So I have all of that ready to go. So that's what I use when I'm traveling with a band, is I have all that stuff with me. The other thing is if you decide you're going to actually go on a tour, you have to figure out whether or not backline is going to be provided for you. Do you need to bring your own amp? If you're flying out to join a band on the road or they're from another state and you're going to go play with them, chances are you're not bringing your 412 and your tube head along on the plane, right? You're going to get something when you get there. Or again, you have what's called a fly rig, which is some sort of smaller amp that you bring. There's all kinds of ways you can do a fly rig, whether it's a pedal rig, whether it's a digital amp. There's all kinds of different things that you can use, but you might use a fly rig that then plugs into whatever the backline is that they're providing. And it's 2022 now. Maybe there is no backline. Maybe it's just everybody's running direct with in-ear monitors. But the point is you have to figure that out. One thing that I found when you go on tour, if you're using different backlines in different cities, is that it might be nice to have a pedal or two that you bring along that is kind of your comfort pedal. There's a company called Strymon that makes really great stuff, and they have a distortion pedal called the Riverside. And I've always found that pedal to be really great because I can put it in front of just about any amp. And if I need a little more gain or whatever, that pedal works really great for me because it's pretty transparent, but it allows me to push that gain up a little bit if I need or shape the tone a little bit if the backline amp that I'm using doesn't have enough of whatever it is that I need. It's ideal if you could go to every city and have exactly the amp that you're looking for all the time, but the truth is it doesn't always work that way. So it's nice to have a pedal that gives you a little bit of that cushion for your comfort zone. So having something like that, if you're on tour, you also want to think about Things like per diem. What are you getting paid on show days versus off days? And does that give you enough money to do what it is that you are planning on doing while you're on tour? Do you need to bring a little extra money? Was there any food restrictions that you're going to require? Because a lot of times you're stopping at a Perkins or whatever at three o'clock in the morning off the interstate or whatever it might be. Is there any medical elements that you need to be thinking about before you head out on tour? Uh, clothes. A lot of times you bring a minimal amount of clothes in a suitcase and you might need to wear those clothes multiple times before you're going to get to wash them. It just depends. But you need to be aware of these sorts of things before you head out. And so that's just some things to think about a little bit. And then just staying, like I said, staying organized. When you go out on tour and you're going to be playing with a band, maybe you're doing a fly-in show or a fly-in tour those same rules are going to apply. You learn the songs, but you're going to need to learn how the flexibility aspect of these songs that you're playing, intros, outros, any extensions or modifications that are done to the song 
for a solo or for a breakdown for whatever reason, you need to be aware of those and you might need to take notes in that rehearsal and you might only get one rehearsal before shows begin. You might get no rehearsals. I've had that before where you literally have no rehearsal. You just hit the stage and you adjust as needed. These are things to think about a little bit. So bottom line is you go in with a positive attitude. You go in professional. You go in organized. You show up organized. You don't show up late. You show up ready to go for whatever it is, and you're ready for these flexible elements. And then you're also thinking about what you need for the situation. Maybe it's a local thing, and you don't need to panic as much about all of these other elements that you would if you were on tour. But it's definitely worth thinking about a little bit and keeping yourself organized and keeping yourself professional, because I believe that's how your phone keeps ringing. Your phone doesn't ring, number one, if people don't know you exist. And number two, your phone certainly doesn't ring if you wind up with a bad reputation of always showing up late or showing up unprepared. People aren't going to be calling you for that. The way to be in demand is to have your musical ability as optimized as possible and then be ready to show up professional, show up having your personality in check so people actually want to be around you. And, and staying organized both for them and for yourself. So anyway, hopefully that helps you a little bit, some things to think about. Take care, stay positive, and I'll talk to you soon, okay? If you enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn guitar even faster, go to guitarzoom.com and click the Get Started button to get access to courses that are right for your interest and skill level. Again, go to guitarzoom.com and click the Get Started button. 